This is Crossing the Line with Robert Stack. And in this podcast, we revisit the careers of retired hurlers and footballers. We get an insight into what made them tick, look at the highs and lows of their career, and relive some of their best moments on the fields. This podcast is sponsored by Dairy and Engineering Services Charleville, steel stockholders and suppliers. Thanks for joining us as we cross the line one more time and relive another great career. This week's guest was a stalwart with Lawyer and Bantier for over 20 years. He represented the Hollow for over 15 years in the Senior Hurling Championship. He won Junior B Football Championships with Lawyer, collected two Junior A Hurling Leagues, two Junior A Hurling Championships with Bantier. He won a Munster Minor Medal with Cork Hurlers in 1990 and played in that year's All-Ireland Final. He was well known in the Hollow for his ball-winning ability, his strength and his great hurling skill. He has since moved into coaching and has an outstanding resume with clubs and county. One of the biggest days being manager of Lyre in 2013 when they won their second divisional title at junior level. This week's guest is Connor Buckley. Connor, welcome to episode four of Crossing the Line. Robert, how are you? How are things? Very good now, Connor. Thanks for joining us. Um, Connor, I'm going to go right back to the start of your career and I'm going to look at your days as a minor there with the band to your hurlers. You did a very, very successful time with the club there in the in the late eighties and into the nineties. And you won a minor hurling championship in the hollow in eighty six and eighty seven. And you won a Cork Minor B hurling championship in eighty seven. You must have had a very good team at that time. We did. We had a very I suppose we had a good bunch. We used to win a lot of under fourteen, sixteens up along. And every year we all had two and three medals from each of those age groups. I suppose we had good coaching in lawyer school from Jerry Keating. You know, Richard Murphy were probably teaching us to play hurling more than teaching us to do Irish and English and maths. But like there was, and Bantier School obviously provided a lot of players to that team as well. There was lots of very good players in that team they played for many years after. Michal Dyle, Patrick Shocknessy, Declan Fitz. You know, Wayne King, Mikey Toomey, Johnny Manny, Timmy Dunahoe. So there was, they all played junior for many years after. Yes, there was a, a lot of names there that went on to huge success after. Um, I suppose, following on there, that Cork Minor Championship you, you won with, with the club. I suppose you were involved with the Cork Minor Hurlers in 1990. Um, before we go into the, the nuts and bolts for that championship, how were you spotted, Connor, or how did the how did the call the call up to that panel come about? I suppose in the the fall of the year, maybe in November, December, January, there'd be and even earlier, I suppose October, there'd be trial games. There'd be a bunch of lads from the Hallow Avenue area go and play. Maybe a bunch of lads from East Cork, or you know, a bunch of lads from the city. There was trials on every Saturday, and um, I suppose I went to I went to trials, and I was under sixteen. And under 17 as well, I suppose, uh, maybe unlucky not to make it in, you know, the year previous in 89. I, I was kind of, I was a bit sore about that, like, but so be it. I kind of, I had a fair idea then. If I trained hard enough the following year, I would, I'd be in with a real good chance. Do you know? I remember 
I remember, I mean, even Vince England and Thomas Mann, they used to be going to those trials as well, and I, I, I presume Kevin McCarthy Ministries, they all thought they were in with a chance too, like, you know, but I suppose I was lucky enough to make the call the year after. Yes, it was a, a, a huge achievement at, at the time, because I suppose the Hall of Hurling might not have been getting a, a, much of a look in, like, you know, but um, you were there in 1990, you played the first round of the championship, you played Kerry, um, you hammered him, in Cantork, you were midfield that day. Um, you were midfield in the semi-final. You beat Waterford six fourteen to four eleven below Walsh Park, and it must have been a massive occasion there for the club, like in Bantier, to be representing Bantier, playing wing back in a Munster minor final in nineteen ninety. You played Clare down in Simple Stadium. You beat them one nine to nine points. Do you remember the occasion? I do. Sure, I suppose I still remember it. Do you know what? You wouldn't, you don't forget those occasions. This was too easily. We should we had a very good, good, good side, and we were well. You know, Dennis Collin was our coach. Jimmy Brohan, Pat McDonald, they were all involved with us. Um, yeah, we. I remember playing in playing in Kentork. Actually, we played we played Kerry in Kentork. I remember I had a ball. I got a ball about fifty yards out, but nobody marked me, and I drove it wide. And I remember thinking, "Oh my God, what have I done?" Like. <laughs> If the game was anywhere else, it wouldn't be too bad, which was in front of, I suppose, a lot of people from lo- you know, locally, like so. But um, Ashford was a very enjoyable experience, um, playing with, you know, playing with all those guys, like Brian Corkin was playing, Kevin Murray, Barry Egan, all those guys, like they went on to play senior after. Um, but yeah, playing in Torles was, a, I suppose, a daunting enough experience. You know, once, once was once the whistle goes, forget about it, and that's it. You get on and play yes. the next ball. And do, do you remember? Was there a bit of hype around Banty at that time, um, or did you kind of lock it out? Ashrace was people to be wishing you well, and sure, you know, you'd be trying to focus on yourself and make sure you were right and you weren't getting carried away with the whole thing, and you were making sure you were playing well in training and not letting any occasion get to you. Like, but it was nice, sure, if people be wishing you well, and they'd be, you know. They'd be, yeah. they were, you know, very supportive. In fairness, sure. Yeah, that was a, a great day there. Obviously, um, beating Clare in that Munster Munster final. You beat Derry one fourteen to one nine in the semi final, and then the final was above in Croke Park. You played Kilkenny, and as you mentioned, there are a few household names at this stage. You now, like you, you'd Fergal Ryan there from Black Rock. You'd Peter Smith Middleton. Um, you had Barry Egan, you, you had Brian Corker, Mark Landers, Kevin Murray. I mean, a very good team there. And you had a, an epic game there, 3-14 to 3-14 in the first final, a drawn game. Um, it must have been a great occasion there playing above in Croke Park. It was. I remember the, well, the, the semi-final was the first time. And, of course, the semi-final against Derry. The stadium was kind of empty and you could nearly hear the echo of the you could nearly hear everything echoing around the place, like, but the final was a different a different occasion. Cork seniors were in the final as well against Galway that day, so there was a good Cork support there. And yeah, you'd be nervous, of course, but sure, you just get on with it and do, you know, try and try and do your try and do your bit and block out all that. But it was a great occasion. Like you get a fair you get a fair thrill like from running out onto the pitch, you know. And could you have won it that day? Um... We were, yeah, like, I mean, we were, we were, Damien Fleming had the ball in the back of the net with a few minutes to go, but the whistle had gone for a foul on him. 
do you know, and the play was pulled back and that, that was a free then, that was a point, that, that wasn't, the goal was disallowed and the point was, the point was taken, like, but, um, do you know, if that ball went into the net, if that, if, well, it did go into the net, but if that ball was um, allowed, do you know, it could have been a different story. Yes, and you, you came down to replay then, was in Simple Stadium and, like, Kilkenny, 316, Cork, 11, uh, now, Brian Corcoran was injured for the, for the replay game, but, did, did you just not turn up on the day? Well, I suppose a bit of both. Brian Corcoran was injured, but he did come on. He, I think he, he'd broken a bone in his wrist. And I suppose with a bone, it probably takes maybe five or six weeks. But I think, you know, it was only sort of three weeks and he took took the plaster off or whatever. And sure, he wasn't really firing at all cylinders either. But sure, I suppose most of the rest of us weren't firing either that day. Kilkenny, Kilkenny held the grip in the game for you know for, from the start, really. Like, we just couldn't get up to them. That was yes. disappointing, obviously, but sure, look, that's the way it crumbled. That was it. Just wasn't wasn't to be. Um, one thing I was noting there, like it, it was a very high scoring. Uh, Cork team. Damien Fleming was the top scorer in the championship. Hit seven goals and twenty seven points in the in the six games. And Kevin Murray had nine goals and nine points. He was the third highest in the championship. Um, did I suppose working with Dennis Collin there and Pat McDonnell? I suppose two very, I mean, still names that are still spoken about. Um, were they were they good to work with, or, or what kind of an influence had they on you as minors? There were Dennis. I used to play maybe in the you know the backs half back line or maybe midfield sometimes, and you know Dennis Collin being a half back would sort of take the backs and coach them, and you know he'd be always asking you to you know you're not asking me enough questions now. He's you know are you happy like are you you know and he'd be always you know wanting to get you know the best out of everyone like. And uh, they were great courses and great guys to, to, you know, I suppose they were, they were household names that you'd have heard of growing up and winning all of the medals with Cork back in the, you know, in the 70s and stuff. So, you know, you were keen to listen to them, like, and it was a great experience to be, you know, to be knocking around with them and hearing what they had to say, like, and they'd be, you know, they'd be giving you out to you one day and they'd be praising you the next day. So, you know, it was all good. Yeah. That was a that was a great journey there. To I mean, the very start to your career, obviously, and um, especially I suppose in the hollow back then there wasn't too many that were getting to that level, like and playing that level of hurling. So it was a, a huge thing. No, I suppose coinciding with that was in the club. Um, Banty, I went on a record run in the under twenty one championship, won seven championships in a row, um, and won nine championships in eleven years between nineteen eighty five and nineteen ninety five. You four under twenty one the Hollow Championships there. Like that was an unbelievable record at the time, Connor. I suppose did you just think you just you were going to win every year? Or like I mean there was a fair conveyor belt of players coming through obviously at the same time. Well, there was a good conveyor belt of players. It was we didn't think we were going to win every year. there was a lot of close tough games. Like you had a very good like you know, Kentuck were a strong a strong team back then, St. Joseph's, you know. We're a, we're, a, we're a strong team. Mill Street were a strong enough team. They all gave us very close runs. Like, we didn't get anything easy off anyone. Do you know? Otherwise, sure, I mean, we, 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 we did have a great run. Like, and I was lucky enough. I think we lost one year, all right. But we, you know, I got my four medals out of it, and I'm sure I was happy enough. Yeah, a good enough haul there. And it was, I'm just looking one game there that stands out in 1991. You played Middleton in the semi final of that county. And you lost two ten to one seven, a very close game. Um, and it was 
David Quirk changed the game there in the second half. He got four points on the run, I think. But that Middleton team had won the Senior County Championship the week before versus Lynn Rovers. I mean, you were playing at a very, very high level. We were, I suppose. You know, we were, we were, we were up against, we were up against a very good side that day, and it was, you know, it was nice to play against them kind of guys as well because you couldn't test yourself out and, you know, see how really, you know, see how good you really are. Um. Yeah, sure. They had David Quirk. Sure, they're they're tough guys to be um to be trying to get the ball off of, like, and tough guys to 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 get to get the grips with, like Peter Smith. They had, you know, they had a lot of kind of household names. A lot of good senior horrors, like you know, a lot of fellas that played minor and twenty ones with Cork. You know, I think we played. I think that day was down in Kilworth. I think we took the we played with the wind in the first half, and we kind of ended up fairly, you know, neck and neck at halftime. We were. You know, pretty happy. I think it was, it was a draw match at halftime, if I, yeah. if I remember rightly. And um, I remember actually marking myself and Peter Smith were middle, were from Middleton. We were on the, we were two of us from midfield for the Cork Miners the year before. We ended up marking each other that day, and so that was a, a kind of a personal challenge for myself to make sure I got the better of him. Like, yeah. but um, you know, I'm sure he was thinking the very same thing. Like so. Yeah, yeah, it was great to be playing the likes of that. I know at that level, like from, you know, a team where we wouldn't be normally up against. Uh, you know, you wouldn't see Bantier versus Middleton in the under twenty one championship. You know, too many days, like. No, a great standard to be at. No, I mean at that stage. Yeah, they, they pulled away in the finish. I suppose they pulled away. We had the win in the first half, as I say. Like they had it in the second half, so we were trying to hold down the score. I suppose, if you like. But um, I think they are the one by six or seven points in the finish. But it was hard going to, you know, hold. Uh, it was hard going to hold them back for the the hour. Like we held them for as long as we could, I suppose. Yes, I know, and, and there was fellas there. I mean, in opposition, that had picked up a senior medal the week before. So I mean, that was a that was a great level to be at. Um, no, I suppose we'll talk about Bantier hurling there in a while. But I suppose I just want to go on a small bit there. In like you made your debut in 1991 with the Dahlos Senior Hurlers. Um, Ger Moran was the manager uh, at the time, and he T, T D Cronin was a selector with him. I think and Jerry Reardon and a couple of more. Um, but he actually, he, he actually had a very good run there. And that that champion, you beat Evan Do three nine to one ten. You beat Carberry two ninety eight points, and you beat Shandoon three eight to eleven. And I think Thomas Mahoney mentioned this there on his as well. That team around nineteen ninety one. There was a lot of uh, fellas that were there in 1982 that had won the Under-31 Championship and you were very you, you were the youngest fellow there on the pitch thrown into the middle of them. Um, that was a, a very enjoyable year, I'd say, playing senior hurling with the Hollow. It was. I remember um, this was my first, well, I think, Dermorn had me nearly playing with the Hollow. He used to be bringing me to challenge games when I was about 17 or 18. Like, I'm sure the, the crack was great with him, like, because... I suppose it was taken seriously, obviously, but like once the match was over, there'd be definitely three or four hours of analysis in the pub after, just making sure <laughs> we got things right for the next day. You know what I mean? I do. But it was great, old crack, and you know, it was great. And you, you know, you get to know the fellas that you were playing against, you know, every other Sunday from you get to know the Cantrop fellas, you get to know the Kilbrin fellas, the Wheeling fellas, Ministry fellas, you know, you get to know all them fellas, I suppose, off the pitch, which is, you know, nice too, like, because sure, look, everyone is. Even though we might be killing each other on a Sunday, you go over to Hello the following week and sure we'd be all friends and playing for each other, you know, as opposed to against each other. But yeah, George sure, was a great man for organising um, 
a bit of team spirit or a bit of team morale. You mightn't be feeling the best the following morning after it, but you know, it's all part of the learning process, I suppose. Yeah, and I just I suppose you went out and played Lynn Rovers in, and that Lynn team obviously just won a, a county before that. And um, I, you were you were midfield with Ned Brasden, but did Lynn, the like Sakir and McGuckin, Tomas McCahey, Johnny Buckley there? Um, I mean, it was nice to be playing at that level as well at the same time, I suppose, and you were at the age where you could learn a nice bit there. Ah, uh, sure, it was great to be playing against the likes of them there. You know, some fellas you'd be looking, kind of looking up to these guys and. It was nice to get a, you know, get a game off them and see what you were made of, you know what I mean, and get a rattle off them and see what we could do. And, you know, that was a grand, geez, that was a grand Duhalla hurling team. I mean, uh, on paper, I suppose the preparation was never, you know, as good as it could have been. But, you know, we, we'd be able to give a good enough account of ourselves for, for a long part of the match anyway, do you know? Yes. And I suppose that kick-started a, a very long career with Duhalla. Um, and I suppose there's a few stand-up games there that's, just uh, we we just have a qu- quick look at. No, you you were midfield there at the start, but you kind of you spent most of your career at fullback with the with the divisional team. And in nineteen ninety eight, there you gave the Lynn, you played the Lynn again, but you gave them an awful fright. They they just beat you one thirteen to twelve points in the first round. Um, you were fullback that day again. They had a kind of a new team coming through there. Tomas was still there, but you had Richie Kelleher and Shani McGrath, but. Was it, I suppose was that was was it just a case that you would kind of hope something would happen on the day rather than having done the work for it to happen? Well, I think that year there was a little bit of work done. All right, you know, we had a few challenge games played, and we were, you know, most most of the players that you'd want were sort of fit and putting an effort in. And I remember the particular game was done in Butterfield, actually, I think, and. Um, I'd say with 10 minutes to go, there was nothing in it. I mean, there was nothing in it all game, really. Like, but, you know, with 10 minutes to go, you were you were kind of getting a little bit more belief to say, Jesus, we nearly can take these guys. Like, And I remember one one ball broke in the 21, and I think it was Kevin McCarthy in Mill Street. Holly, I think, yeah, it was Kevin McCarthy, I think. just, And he just ran over the ball. He'd mispicked it. And if he caught it, no one, if he picked it up and caught it, he was looking at the goalie, and that was a goal. Surely, like, you know, but he missed that. There was a kind of a chance and that was in the last five minutes, I'd say. But um, that was, as Kevin probably won't take me for reminding me of that now, like, but, you know, we were, that'll tell you, like, how close we were, like. Yes, it could, it could, have, it could have happened and it would have been, could have been... It could have been lovely to, you know, take a scalp like that, you know. Yeah. And it was another one then, another very, very close one in 2001. You come up against the Pearshig in the first round and... You drew twelve points apiece in the first game. It went to a replay. Like you nearly caught them as well. Like that was that would have been another great day. Like if it happened, you know. I uh, sure would. Like I mean, we were very close that day. I remember. Yeah, sure. Well, actually, I have, I, I've, I've good, I've good and bad memories of that game. Really, the good memory, I suppose, was coming so close to, you know, the Pierce even getting the draw. Even though I think we were kind of robbed, really, because we were. The Pierce got a free with you know in the last minutes. I think that it's to this day, like no one knows what the free was for, like, but it drew the game anyway. But I remember I had I was marking a fella called Mark Mullins, he was a big awkward kind of a fella, like. And anyway, of course, me being me, I ended up getting two yellow cards on him. So that put pay to that and that put a bit of pressure, of course, on and you hate 
Especially when the game is so close, like, and you have a chance of winning it, like, going down to 14 men is never a good idea. Do you know? So, we had another crack off, and then the following, um, the following, the following week, I suppose. And I think the same thing happened again. It was a close game, apart from myself, I think. I ended up um, being a spectator for the last quarter of an hour of it. So, I think the referee got it wrong that day. I think there was a challenge from one of the cornerbacks. And I just happened to be standing in probably within 10 yards, but he pulled out the card and showed it to me anyway. So, even the even the Pierre Street fella kind of said, Jesus, boy, he says, you're getting hard done by there, you know? So... I know, I wouldn't be kinda of proud of it really to be fair, but sure look. <laughs> to be wrong of me to not say it, I suppose. That's what they were the facts of it. Yeah, I know. And um it was like that the Pierce team, Christy Connery was still playing, you know, the gardeners were both playing Sedento Halpine actually came on in that game. So like he was kinda of just coming on the scene at the time, but um like again a very close close call there. Um 2016, you was your, I think, one of your last years with the division, uh, Connor, and you beat Carberry in the first round, 216 to 110, a very, very good performance. And I suppose, like, there was a lot of the players you had played with for that last decade were still playing there. Um, McCarthy from Mid Street, Neil Cronin from Kilbrin, Shawnee Barrett, you know. Yeah. Um, Donny Broderick, Noli Callaghan. I mean, they're all names that are still talk, talked about, you know, and still some of them still there, like, you know. But that was a good day for the division there in the first round. Um, and I suppose that was 16 seasons later there. You were still full back for the division and, and, and enjoying the hurling, like. Sure, well, I was enjoying it away. Like, you know, I suppose you'd be, as you get older, you'd be more, um, you'd be more aware that I suppose you'd have to be you know, fitter obviously, especially because those first round games would be in the early part of the year. So the last thing you'd want would be to be sort of, you know, you wouldn't want to be unprepared, badly prepared, we'll say for that. You know, you'd always like to give a good account to yourself, especially, you know, with Duhala, like you wouldn't want to be, um, you know, second to the ball too often. You know, the seed of hurling was getting quicker, I suppose, as I was getting slower. <laughs> and it so clear, it was required. Did, did you like it was your long career there, but you must have enjoyed the like you must have enjoyed Gilton Tuggy for the division. Oh, I loved it. I sure I've been you know, I used to look forward to it every year. There was good old um there was good old banter, there was good crack and you'd meet the you know, you'd be meeting lads from different clubs and stuff like that and you'd be you know, you'd be having you know, there was always good old challenge matches. There was good old occasions, but obviously there was years then where it was I suppose it was pretty poor. There was bad enough preparation at certain times, like, you know, and you'd have 12 fellas for a challenge match and you'd be borrowing two or three off the opposition and, you know, that's never ideal preparation. I remember one time, actually, where I can't remember the exact year, but we went up to play Avondoo above in Butterfant. I suppose it was, ah, sure, it could be 2002 or three, you know, roughly. And, um, I remember Barry O'Leary from the market was, he used to be playing, he used to come along and he was at a breaking his ankle. He was in a cast and he came on with crutches and that was grand anyway. We only had like maybe 13 players or something like that. So Barry said he'd stand in goals. I think Evan Dewey just had the bare 15 and, or maybe 16 or something. They gave us one. We played 14 aside out the pitch and Barry stood in goals with his, with, his, with his crutches like, you know. 
And um, I remember I was, taking, I was taking the puck out, and sure as, as fast as I was taking the puck out, they were coming back into me. <laughs> I think I must have taken more puck outs in that game than any goalie would take in the whole year. But, um, you know, so they were the bad preparation, I suppose, experiences, but like, you know, I suppose you have to just, you know, take it as it comes. Like, but in general, like, you know, you would always get your 15 or 17 for a match. But, um, you know, that was bad times too. Yes, I know, I know. And um, obviously a great a great spell there, a long length of time. Um, I suppose just to rewind the clock there again, back to um, your footballing career. And like you had a very long footballing career there. You were playing, obviously, football with Lyre. And um, one of your first years playing football with the, with the club there, he played Kilbrin in 1992 and you won a Junior B football championship. Um, you were only, I think, 20 years of age there. Um, I suppose any championship was welcome. Um, so you were you were young there, starting out in your football career, and um, you, I think you remember that game well, Connor. I do. I think we played Kilburn over in Castle Magnor. It was in like in November, I'd say. It was you know one of those kind of wet days. But um, yeah, it was a close game. I think you know it was Kilburn had a very good football team at the time. I don't know, did they win the Junior B County maybe a couple of years previous or something like that? You know, they had a very good side in football at the time. And um, one particular incident, I remember there was a ball going over the bar. And, you know, as everyone, of course, would be looking up. <clears throat> and, I don't know, I think it would have been wider over the bar anyway. I was running back out to my spot anyway. And next minute I got, I woke up with stars around me. I didn't know what hit me. But, I looked back in a way, there's only about five minutes to go in the match. I looked back in a way and I could see, I won't mention him now, but his, his initials are PR anyway. <laughs> so, so Pat Riley was after giving me one haymaker into the back of the head. <laughs> I, I'll never forget it. Jesus, I said, you know what? No, I said, that was the, that was the hardest belt I ever got off anyone. But, um, you know, sure, you take those things and you move on. But the, Winning a cup like was, you know, it was a great hole of war because like, I suppose we would be mainly a hurling team, if you like, but we, we'd put a bit of effort into the football if we got a bit of a momentum going, you know, if the hurling was gone out of it, you know, if the hurling was gone for the year, we would train for football, but we wouldn't be, we wouldn't be starting out in January and February training for football, uh, you know, full time, like, but um, it'd be great, it's always great to play in the Junior B football and win an old league or championship along the way. Yes, and um you played in, you got to the final again in 93, you lost to Knock Degree, and that, that Knock Degree team featured Niall O'Connor there and Donald O'Connor and a few more, the Rory's, I think Finn Barron. I mean, these were lads that had won county medals with the Hollow a couple of years previous, and I suppose they were coming to the end of their career. And um, you, I suppose you were just a small bit unlucky that you come up against a team that was, I mean, they could all still play football. Um, but you didn't lose everything that year because. You captain Lyre to win an under 21 B football championship there against Fremont. Um, I think you were centre back on the day. Fremont seemed to be a kind of a regular nemesis there. Do you, do you remember that under 21 final, Connor? There was, was a small bit about it, do you know. So they were very, they were a good. Fremont were a good football side back then, like you know. And so that under 21 team, in, you know, went on to be you know a tough junior B side. We played them for many years after that, but. Um, so it's always nice to win a medal, you know, I mean, captain, I suppose, is even nicer, but 
Yeah, Fremont were a hard, you know, they were a good side. They had some very good, Aidan Keane was a very good footballer, actually played with Tuhala for a number of years. I can, he wasn't their only fella, like they had a lot of good players, a lot of tough guys, you know. So they weren't easily gotten the better of, to be fair to them. Yes, and um, that was a good enough start there. The first couple of years were fruitful enough. Um, you had a bit of a break then, you didn't win much for a while. But in 1999, you won a, a Junior B Football League. And it was... That set you up in for 2000 because you won the county qualifier there, which acted as a league final. You beat Natsukaban 2 5 to 10 points. And that set you up really for a, a very, very enjoyable year of football, I think, Connor. Um, I suppose, was, was the Junior B Football Championship something you would have highlighted as, as, a, as a kind of a goal, or was it was the highlight, or was the goal to get out of the division first into the championship proper? Well, I suppose we knew we were never going to be too far away and the junior be, um, you know, we'd be always making the semi-final and final. So that particular time we had a, we had a young enough gang coming in, like, and it was a good side there. So I suppose we were taking it that bit more serious. And, um, you know, it's great to get out and play in the county against, you know, I think we had Belgooley actually was a, we, we had a draw with them. You know, they were, um, they'd be kind of, a lot of belly martle hurlers, like, you know, they'd be, they were very fit guys, very strong, very big guys, like, would we, you know, we had two, we had two games with them, two very, yes. very close ones, actually. I was looking there, you, you drew the first day, 2-6 to 1-9, a last-minute goal, Connor Lawler equalised to put, to put it to a replay, and the second day, you beat him 2-9 to 1-10. I think Brian O'Driscoll only came on as a sub there, he must have been just starting out, he kicked four points, and John O'Mahony sealed the deal with a last-minute goal. Like they were two classics in the quarterfinal. They were they were hard matches. No, in fairness, there were two, there was no in, there was no break in those games. Like the intensity, you know, in those games was probably more than we would have ever experienced. Like you know, in in in, in any games in Duhalla, so it was a bit of a bit of an eye opener to us. Like you know, but they were very good games and a great time to a good a good you know a good 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 to get out the other side of the, of the two games. Yes, and that set you up for a semi-final then, and you played um, Father O'Callaghan's, and this was to be another great game, 2.15 to 3.9, and I think that day John O'Mahony was the hero, he got 2.4 in that game. Um, you, Father O'Callaghan's tough opposition? To say the least, yeah, they were tough enough, to be fair to them. They're a club up in Nocknahini there, and I think a lot of them would be, I suppose, ex-St. Vincent players, and you know, fellas, you know, they were they were a hardy crew, like so. There was plenty, there was plenty elbows in that match. If I remember it rightly, it was we played it over in Liz Carroll, actually. I suppose we were playing Liz Carroll, and we were they were going to be playing the winners in the final. So at that time of the year, pitches weren't too um, pitches weren't you know a lot of pitches were closed. So I suppose Liz Carroll uh, offered us the field so they could have a, a first time view of the of any opposition that we're going to be meeting. So, but you look. We got we got over the line there. Now, Father O'Callaghan's were a hardy bunch, like, but sure, look, we got over the line. And you know, I suppose meeting Liz Carlin in the final was um wasn't such a great experience, but yes, it was a painful enough hour, I suppose, really. Yeah, it didn't work out. Obviously, there, I think, we kind of won thirteen to three points in the day. Um, you you were full back for that year, and I suppose it was been most your career there in the football kind of back around the full back line how, how did you find that Connor or would you prefer to be out the field uh, sure, I don't know I mean it was there was plenty better for us out the pitch I suppose 
I wouldn't be I wouldn't be troubling him. I was happy enough inside in the full back line. Um yeah, I suppose it's been most of my time playing in the full back line in football anyway. <clears throat> in hurling, you could find me anywhere. You know, I used to be all over the pitch, I'd be in the forwards half the time. But um definitely football was full back was as far as I'd be uh, they wouldn't let me out the pitch any further, I suppose. <laughs> I suppose you, you went on then from 2000 and you kind of gradually improved and there was a kind of, it was around the mid-noughties then, there was a group of young lads coming through there um, for lawyer in the football and you, I think you saw an opportunity there that maybe you were able to make the step up to the next level um, and you, I think you made the jump to junior there. You played Examiner Cup I think in 2006 and went up junior proper in 2007 that must have been a great thing for the club to be able to, to make that jump and I suppose there was a lot of people who put savage work into the football in the club and we're finally seeing a kind of a, a reward at the end of the tunnel. There was, around that time now, there was a lot of, there was a good gang of young lads coming in at that stage and I suppose Junior B football was, you know, not going to be, no, that wouldn't have challenged them, you know, too much, I think. So, like, Junior A was the right move for them, even though I suppose a lot of fellas in the club didn't really think it was a good idea at the time. I remember there being a few arguments about whether there should be a Junior A football team and a Junior A hurling team. But, um, oh, it was definitely the right decision to, you know, you should never stop a bit of progress, really. You know, if you fellas want to go and play Junior A, they should be left at it. And, you know, it proved afterwards, like, that, I suppose there was two, you know, they, they were a fine football side, like, you know, from the one in 10 and 13 and, you know, and there was, they were, they were contesting away, like, with the best of them. There was a good standard of football in Doha at the time, Do you know, but I suppose I won game in particular. Um, of course, I was kind of, I wasn't really playing at all at that stage, but I was a sub, I suppose. I used to be training away with them and I'd be happy out playing Junior B. I played the odd Duke and Cup game, all right, in seven and maybe eight and stuff like, you know, but, you know, I wouldn't be on the championship side at that time at all. But um, the semi-final actually against Cullen, or over in Cullen, you know, against Cullen over in um, Kish Game, actually, it was played in. Kish Game, yeah. That was in 08. Jeez, we should have nearly won that game, I think. And that, that was a real indication of the ability of the, of the young crew coming up, like, you know. That was a real indication that they were a good side and, you know, that they were going to be a force to be reckoned with. They were still a very young team at the time. And, um, you know, you'd be saying to yourself, going home after that match, we should have won. You know, we were, we were beating them off the pitch, like, you know, for most of the match, but we just didn't finish it out. And um, so, like, that proves, like, you know, that day that you'd be thinking, put a bit of work into these fellas, Owen, like, they're definitely going to win a few things, you know? Yes, and, like, that Cullen team was... Was um kind of the, at their peak there? They won three championships there in five years, or four, or six, and oh eight. So that was indications of what was to come. And I suppose we'll come back to the football there, the, the, the progress that they made after. Um, which was nice there for you to 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 get up to junior A football there. That's the, even though it was the end of your career, like Connor, but it was um it was nice to get to that level, you know, before you finished up. Uh, sure, I was enjoying the old training and keeping, you know, keeping fit and stuff. Even though I wasn't able to catch any fill at that stage, like I was, uh, I'd be happy old playing with. I was happy old playing junior B at the time. But still, it was good to be getting the junior A training, and you know what I mean. Yes, I know. And I suppose I want to rewind again now, and we're going to back and look at your junior A hurling career because um, 
I suppose this is most people that are going to be listening here would recognize Conor Buckley as the, as the banty or hurler. And um, you were there for a long, long time. But I suppose you had the minor success and you had the under 21 success. And the next success that had to happen like was the junior A hurling. And I suppose your career just started there with the 89, 91 and 92. You made three finals in four years. But Kilbrin Beachy, meeting Beachy and Kilbrin Beachy again. Um, was it just a case of a lot of young lads just learning their trade and finding their feet, or would you feel that there were a couple of finals there that you might have um, you might have done better in? Yeah, so I suppose we should have done better in them. Like you know, we were I don't know about young fellas learning their trade. Like sure, we had our trade. Like you know, we just didn't apply it probably at the time. No, we saying that like we were up against fairly established. You know season junior teams you know in Kilburn and Wheeling and stuff as well like at the time so success didn't come our way I suppose in those couple, even though we won a league alright obviously in 89 which was a bit of a breakthrough but we didn't um, you know we should have kicked on maybe we should have kicked on earlier rather than you know leave it to to, to, to 0 5 like yes and uh, like I know that obviously Kilburn had a very strong team there and Wheeling um, had the, one of their most successful times ever with that group, um, but you did. There was indications in 1994. You beat Meeling in league final. Um, I think your brother Cullum at one six that day, and that was a sign that you know maybe you could get over Meeling, and maybe there was a bit of hope there for the following year. Ah, sure was. I mean, sure, look, you, you you'd be. You'd, be, you'd never be afraid of him, like, but you just had to make sure you were getting all your ducks in a row, like, you know, for the hour and make sure you were, you know, right on the hour, like, which, you know, didn't happen too often for us, but that day, that day it did, like, you know, but that, that gave us a big confidence, obviously, that, yeah, we can beat these guys, especially in a final. I mean, we could beat them in, a, in an ordinary league match, no problem, but, like, when we came down to the, when the, when the chips were down, when there was a cup on, you know, at stake, that's the time to be um, showing what you're made of, really, to be fair, but, you know, that day we did, you know, we played well that day, I think we won this three fifteen to 14 points or something, we got, we got the goals, like, you know. Yes, and um, in 1995 then you came on, Meeling got the better of you in the league final in 1995, Dennis Fitzpatrick turned the game there in the second half, they beat you 3-9 to 12 points, but you came on and you beat Kilburn in the semi-final of the championship to set up championship final it was the final everyone wanted to see in 1995 Banty or Meeling but you got over a good Kilbrain team there in the semi-final first Kilbrain yeah they were an established old gang that time as well they were a good strong good strong team I was I was um, I was in England that year actually it was I struck off to England around the April I think or May I can't remember no one I was coming back I used to come back home for the come back at the weekend play the matches and head off again Sunday night or Monday morning and um, I used to train over, like, you know, some bit anyway. Be, you know, you'd do a bit of running in the evenings and you'd be poking the ball off, the, off a wall, wherever you could find the wall and stuff. And sure, I was over in England. People would be looking at me kind of going, what's this fella like? Is he like a, some kind of a, is this a new sport or something? Like, you know, it wasn't a very, uh, you know, they'd be more used to the cricket bats and things like that probably over there. But well, yeah, I kept, kept the touch in. Sure. I mean, that's all you can try and do, like, you know. But, um, I'd hop on the plane again for the match and I'd be lucky enough there. Sometimes they'd throw me in for the last 20 minutes. Or so 
you'll have to you'll have to show you know that you are doing a bit of training and yes it was good to be part of that knowing you know there was a really good old side that time we were trying for a good few years and um eventually it came right Yes, like um, just look, looking at Bantier, I had won three in a row, 1955, 56 and 57. And then it was 38 years until you, you got over the line, 112 to 13 points against Mealing in that final. Um, Richard Murphy was the manager, um, who obviously had you in the school as well before that. And um, you were level at halftime, won five to eight points. And just to show how close that game was, you took the lead with a minute to go, and they took the puck out. They came back up. Tommy Mahoney hit the post, landed into Bantierman's hand. He struck it back up, and Dermot Scanlon got the insurance points. So that must have been a ferociously close game. It was a very close game, and I suppose Mealing wouldn't like to be beaten. And you know, it was it was, it was a very hard game. I think I came in with twenty minutes to go or something like that. I think Thomas Mahoney greeted me with an elbow into the jaw the first two minutes <laughs> to welcome me home. Before I, normally I'd try and greet him first but sure he, he he got the better of me but um, <laughs> but yeah it was brilliant to win the you know finally win a win win, win, a, win a junior A championship like that was the goal for all the years really like and you know yes I was was still you'd be still you'd be still delighted coming home you know Yes, after all the success with the, the under one now, it was nice to get over the line. And uh, had you big celebrations that time? So we did a course. I suppose I was leaving. I was going back to England on the Sunday night, and Ned Pub was just about to start rocking rightly. I was going back to fly back. I think I was leaving about seven o'clock. I'm sure I suppose they were all they were all drinking away all day having the crack. But um, yeah, so the celebrations were real. I suppose I had only one night of it, and I had to head away. Like, but I came back again for the first round of the county against Grenada. That was more of a. <clears throat> I suppose I had a bit of celebrating that weekend too. I'm sure back to England again. I was home again about six weeks later, home for good. Yes. So you'd be thinking I should have stayed at home nearly. <laughs> no, and I suppose from that then you went on and. You had a, had a misfortune nineteen ninety eight Fremont Beachy in the, the Hall of Final. They went on and they lost Pride Rovers in the county final. Who obviously their story is well known at this stage. Nineteen ninety nine, you made their second final in a row. There, Kilbrin Beachy won thirteen to three three close game, but there were two more championship losses. Um, I suppose that must have been disappointing there at the end of the, the end of the millennium. Asher wise, I mean, we were, you know, we were still a good side at the time, but you know, we just didn't, um, I don't know, we didn't produce the goods and the hour. We didn't produce the goods and the hour any hour, but um, I suppose they were kind of lean enough years, and I suppose we didn't, we didn't, um, you know, we didn't, we hadn't the effort put in either, I suppose, you know. So yes. I suppose you only, you'd only get out of it what you put into it. Yes, no, 2000 was not a bad year for for you because you won the Junior A Hurling League. Um, you beat Kilbrin 310 to 210. And I think a last minute goal there from Connor Lawler, a very exciting match there. But it was nice to pick up another league medal there in 2000. Uh, it was. I mean, every win is important. They don't, you know, I suppose at the end of your time looking back, you know, they're the ones you remember. 
So every medal is important. But yeah, that was a that was a very tight match. It was played about three months, I think, actually. <coughs> but um kind of lot. I got a last minute goal, all right, in fairness. Do you know but we had um I suppose we had a lot of with a with a young enough gang that time again, you know, with a with a with a youngish enough crew like there were a lot of them in their early twenties. A lot of the older guys were after packing it up. <coughs> and um you know, you young fellas like you you know, even Conor Lawler was, you know, Conor Lawler was young, Paul Reardon was young, Conor Lane, all these fellas were, you know, were playing at the time, which was great to, it was great to get a victory again, like, you know. Yeah, and there was, there was a special competition that year, the Millennium Championship, and that was an an open draw, I think, for all junior clubs. Can you just talk us through that? Because he had a very good run in that. That's right, we got to the, we got to the semi-final of that, um, competition. Um, it was an open draw. We played, I think we played Watergrass Hill in the first round. We won that. We ended up playing um, with like Kilbert. Um, we beat them. And we ended up playing Corsi Rovers in the semi-final of it. Um, now I suppose they were a team that were on a, they were on the incline at that stage. They went on to, you know, they went on to have their own success, obviously. And they became a senior team for many years after that. So maybe it was a bit unfortunate for us to be meeting the likes of you know, meeting the likes of them and 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 the day like you know, a very good side. Like, but we gave it a rattle for a while anyway. In fairness, we were, you know, we were um, we were thereabouts for a long stage. But sure, they 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 you know they had the upper hand of it. I remember I got injured actually that day myself. I got an awful cut in the head. I ended up spending half the night inside in the Victoria Hospital waiting for some doctor to give me about ten stitches in my forehead. <laughs> so, apart from losing the game, that's this. On top of it, then I had ten stitches to look at Monday morning in the mirror. Yeah, a bad into the to the championship, but a good a good run at the same time. Um, yeah. no, you had a couple of very quiet years. Then things weren't happening for you, and I suppose two thousand and six was obviously a big turning point. But when you were there in two thousand and five, could you see what was going to happen in two thousand and six coming, or was it um, I suppose was a time there for you to kind of knuckle down a bit. I suppose leading up to 2006, maybe 2004, 2005, we were, we weren't really knocking at the door at all. We were, you know, so I think John Hartnett came in in 2006 and he really changed our attitude and changed our focus. Like, and, you know, we were training a lot harder. We were, you know, a lot sharper players. And I think, you know, we, yeah, it was a, you know, I think Martin Barry and Jimmy Murphy were with him. <coughs> and of course, there was a good young gang at the time as well. They were after a bit of, you know, after playing a lot of good under-21 hurling in the, last, in the previous couple of years. So there was a great core of a, of, of a team there like that made a, you know, made a good junior team in fairness. That was a good, that was a good final to win. Yes, it was. Look, 2006 oh. was a year. It was a group, um, two groups. And Bantier were drawn in the group with Mealing and with Fremont, the, the, the group with three, the other group with four. So you beat Meeling 212 to 112, and you lost to Fremont 212 to 112, but the win over Meeling qualified you for the semi final. But I mean, you two very good games in the group there that probably stood you along the way. So we did. I mean, Fremont, Fremont and Meeling, like you know, you wouldn't be getting any better sides than them at the time. <coughs> Great experience for our younger crew, then as well, like to be getting tough games. So, and I suppose we had um, 
you know, I suppose we'd have mixed the young and old. I was probably at the end, or, you know, I was at the older stages at the time. And, you know, you had the likes of, you know, Dennis Roach, you, you know, Kevin Mannix, although that, that, that age group were coming in, they were, um, you know, they were getting their first taste of junior reaction. So, and they were able to stand up to it too, and they were, the, you know, they proved it afterwards in the final. Yes, and you went on, and you, you played Kilbrin a very tight semi-final, 2-12 to 2-10, you beat them to, to qualify for that final. Um, so again, all the matches were so close, um, which set you up. Now that Fremont team, that was an exceptional Fremont team. They won six championships in nine years, and they contested seven finals in those nine years. So like these were the season campaigners. Um, you had John Brennan playing in his ninth final. You had Joe Weathers, centre-back Mike Weathers. You had Donny Broderick midfield, who was, I mean, a household name, Paddy Collins, was really after coming on the scene at that stage you still at Brendan Broderick there the Ballantines were coming on um, you went into that final like as as underdogs I suppose we would have no unfairness because Fremont were a fairly established um, they were a fairly established team they had a very good side but yeah I mean we, we, we know we wouldn't be we wouldn't be writing ourselves off at all like you know we knew we had we knew we had a very good young gang they had a lot of hurling played, you know, and um, definitely we were in there with a, a bit of, I suppose, a bit of, you know, a bit of confidence that we, you know, wasn't overstated either. Like, you know, we, we were quietly confident that we had a team good enough to take on anyone at the time. And, um, you know, as it turned out, I suppose we had a bit of fortune. Well, poor John Brennan had a small bit of misfortune, taking a puck out and his hurley broke and Dennis Rush was sharp out and he just clipped it into the net. He got four goals that day, actually, do you know, but like he was a very good, you know, they, I don't think they, I don't think they dealt with him at all, like, you know, they weren't able to manage him at all. Yeah, I was, um, I was looking on that, on that game there um, online and Dennis got two goals and a point in the first half and like that freak incident where John Brennan's hurley broke and Dennis ran about 20 yards and, and kicked it in. Um, so like gave you 2-5 to 1-4. Uh, lead at half time. They they got a goal and a point just before half time. Like you were kind of, you were really flying in the first half, and then in the second half, you started the second half with two more goals. Dennis went up to four goals there, and it was it made a mountain um, for Fremont to come back. Now they did bring it back to a point, and Paddy Paddy Collins got one eight in that final, so they brought it back to a point, and he just went up, and Germanics got the insurance point in at the end, but. It, like it was actually a great final down in Mid Street. That's right. Ah, yeah, it was brilliant to win that because, you know, as I say, I suppose Fremont were probably the, you know, probably definitely favourites, of course. But yeah, we had we had a good young side, and we were we were definitely confident we were able to give a good account of ourselves. But there was a good determination to win that team, like you know that we were, you know, there was no point in playing for fifty minutes that we were going to give it to sixty or sixty-five if needed. And um, you know, as it turns out, you know, if you want to win a final against the, any favourites, you have to be playing for the full sixty or sixty-five minutes. Yeah, it was a, it, that was a very exciting game there. I think yourself and Joe Weathers had a, a, a fair tussle there. It was in the forty there. Um, you actually went on in the county and you played Kilworth in the semi-final, and Kilworth went on and won the county, uh, thirteen points to twelve against Dungourney. They were a very good Kilworth side. They were. 
Will Toomey, Tom Toomey, you know, she's they had a, they had a couple of very good players like you know, um, Adrian Mannix. They had nice hurlers like they had a very good side, and sure they went on to become an intermediate, Primary intermediate actually, you know. After that, they they were a good, they were a hard hurling team and a very very clean, very fast hurling side like you know. To be fair, you know, I suppose we held with them for a while, but to look. I suppose, I don't know, I was in fitness probably and maybe a bit of age too and I suppose we were, we didn't have the strength, I suppose the physical strength in that side, it was a young enough team like after, do you know, although we had the likes of Eamon Flynn, though, I remember a couple of challenges between himself and, and Will Toomey, like it was like, you know, it was like a flash of lightning, there was thunder after it, like I mean there was shoulders between them there, Jesus, there were, there were two powerful men going at each other, like you know, and um, but yeah, look, I suppose we, they were they were a more balanced, you know, more more physically developed team than we were at the time, Do you know. Yes, and it was <coughs> like that was your last major accolade there with Vantier, and um, it was nice to pick up that championship medal. Then it was <coughs> just to go back then, Connor. You you finished out your career um, a few years after that. And you, you went into the coaching, like you kind of went into coaching nearly straight away, really. And I suppose your first bit of success there was with the, the Bantier Ladies Football Club. Um, you had immediate success there with them. Um, was the coaching something you were always going to do? Or was it something that you kind of said, geez, when you were finishing, you to fill the void? I suppose it was something that wasn't really planned. Um I was always helping out with the, we'll say, under 21 hurlers or under 16 hurlers or, you know, that kind of thing, we'll say, all, you know, all along the years. But um, ladies' football certainly wasn't something I was, you know, aiming at. But um, I suppose I found myself doing nothing one particular year and I think it was Nora Barry and Eileen Crowley kept at me and kept at me. So it's like, come on, Connor, come down and train the young, you know, the, the young, the underage. Like, and so look, eventually I said I did, I would. And I did. Patrick with Patrick Buckley, actually. So Patrick is very, you know, he's, I suppose he's after being every officer and training every team in the club at some stage, like, you know, which was, they were, they were, they were a very good young bunch, actually. Like, you know, we ended up going to another 16 county final after that. A couple of years later, and um, the bones of that team then went on, and I suppose they had um, another 21C county. Then the following year again, they won another 21B county, and um, they were playing in the junior grade, then you know, for Jory Weathers, uh, or sorry, Jory Tweak. And Jory, I suppose, had about five daughters in that team. You know, you had a good, they were very good, they were a very good team, like, you know, very, very committed, very committed gang, actually. And, and you um, won an All-Ireland Club 7, did you? We did, there was a, we kind of, we were thinking of entering this competition above in Dublin, the All-Ireland 7s, and we said, we were looking at the core of our gang, we had, I suppose that time we had four of them, were actually after playing on the Cox Senior B team winning in All-Ireland, you had, um, you had three twigs and you live your roach. Um, so we were thinking, you know, we wouldn't be too bad at this. Like, so we we started training for the sevens. And um, off we went anyway. And sure, we ended up we ended up coming away with a medal. You know, it was great to win in All Ireland and bring home some bit of silverware that, you know, wouldn't normally be won. Yeah, that was, that was a great 
was an unbelievable achievement. And I suppose that opened the door then. Uh, well, actually, at the same time, Connor, you were involved with the, the under-14 and the under-16 ladies with Cork, I think. I was. I suppose um, I got involved with the under-16 ladies. Um, I got involved with the under-16. I think it's about 2011. And um, under-14 and in 2012. We won our learnings there with them at that stage. I suppose Cork would... Cork would be usually one of the better sides in that in those in, the, in those age groups anyway. Like you know, but look, we had we had our we had our success with them, and um, yeah, it was great experience. Great to be learning off of you know different trainers, different coaches, and like seeing very kind of professional setups. You know, um, I remember it was Eddie Murphy was the the manager of both those sides actually, and Betty Cahillbride Rovers was. Um, you know, the female officer. She was a very organized person, like, you know. Um, Eddie, of course, a great coach, a great, great coach in Douglas um, all through the years. But yeah, it was, it was good to be, you know, getting getting experience at that level, like, in fairness, it was, yeah. You'd learn an awful lot, like. And Eddie, um, obviously renowned in, in Douglas, and I mean, highly influential to all those Douglas players at every level now. Um, They've all played under him, but he took you down in, uh, and you got involved with Limerick in the ladies' senior football in 2015, I think, or 16. Yeah, for both of those years, actually, 15 and 16, we headed down. We headed down the end of 2014, around um, around October, I think, and um, had a meeting with the players and started training the first of November, and. Um, you know, that was a great experience. And um, we went on and we actually got to the league final and we lost it against Offaly. And um, the championship that year, then I think with Limerick, we ended up, Claire, we, we drew with Claire actually and they beat us in the replay by two points, I think. And um, so we were starting off our second year and we really focused on the league. So we got the team, you know, training even earlier again and we were very fit. We had a lot of challenge games played over the winter. And um, we ended up in that league final, that Division Four final, and we we ended up winning that one. Yeah, that was a, that was a very nice one to be involved in, and it was like just looking. You haven't been. It's not just obviously your club and your county you've been involved with, but you you got involved with CIT in the in the colleges football there in the Cork Senior Championship. So you're involved within the last four years there. So is that something you you enjoy? Ah, uh, sure, it is of course. I mean, you get to see players from. You know, you get you, you mix the players from Kerry Limerick, Tipperary, and obviously Cork as well. And you know, there's a lot of good coaches up in CIT. You learn an awful lot from them. But, you know, in fairness, like there's there's great, you know, there's great old crack in it too. Like, and the the students are great fun as well. Like, you know, especially away on bus trips and stuff like that. But yeah, they're very professional up there. Like, there's very um, there's no messing taken or no messing tolerated either. Like, you know. Yes, I know. And you, you, you had another success last year then with another club, uh, Bride Rovers, and he won the Senior B County Championship with the ladies there as well. So um, that was obviously another another one to add to the resume. That's right. I'm down there now at last. Well, I suppose you can't call this year a year yet, even though we're starting off there now tomorrow night as our first training session. Since the resume, since we're you know coming back, like, but, but you know. I'm down there the last two years, 18 and 19. And um, yeah, there's a very good young side there now, in fairness. Do you know? So whenever more Nebby decide to 
whenever morning we decide to pack it up, I think you know we won't be we won't be too far away. I think ourselves and Arrow would be you know two very young up and coming teams in the in the senior grade, and I think you know with any bit of luck, if we could slow down Warnaby a small bit, we'd uh, we we might get our chance, you know. Yes, very. We'll have to watch that space. Um, and I suppose the other thing there, Connor, you've been involved with the Rebel Oak now since 2017, there, 17, 18, 19, and, and this year. But one team, I suppose, that I have to note there, you, you won an under 16 All Ireland, a Munster and All Ireland there, with that team that won the minor All Ireland last year. So you you, work, you were working there with the likes of Connor Carbett, Jack Callahan, Michael O'Neill. I suppose the Hollow Boys there on that team, Derek Cashman and Danny Linehan. It must have been nice to be involved with that team. Was like we 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 had them at under sixteen. Um, you know, it was they were all big men, all well well able to look after themselves. Like you know, they were a very you know very good side. Like and sure, look, Daniel Cronin. There would be Daniel from St Mary's. Like would be the manager. Gene Donovan from Donovan Rasa would be the coach of that particular gang. I used to be helping him doing a bit of defensive coaching and. Um, yeah, they were a good gang. It was great to see them coming on the following year then and having um, success above in Crop Park after. Yeah, there was a, there was, there was a brilliant um, All-Ireland final last year and a couple of great goals. But I think there's a few names here that are going to go a long way with the with, with Cork in the future. Um, oh, yeah. And I suppose just, you're still obviously coaching away, but I, I want to go back to 2013 because 2013 was a... A great year for for you, especially with your club there, um, with Lawyer. You won the Junior A Football Championship in 2013. Now we we spoke earlier about the you know the signs were were coming that you were going to get there in 2008. You were close with Cullen, but you won another for the one A Football Championship in 2010 and won the first Junior A Football Championship in 2010. And it, it must have been brilliant to see the progress coming to fruition. I ah, sure it was brilliant to see that young gang like um Guyandi are winning in two thousand and ten against against Kentork. And you know they gave Ballin Colleague and the other twenty ones. They gave them they had a draw they had a draw with Ballin Colleague and they you know they could have the replay one as well. And um so that's the level of football they were playing, you know, at the time. And um yeah, to be fair, they were a very good young side, like, you know, and they they went on then obviously we were 2011, not so great, I suppose, really. 2012, got to semi-final, lost to Mill Street. 2013, then we, you know, I ended up sort of being the manager and we we tried to get the ship as steady as we could. But yeah, it was a very good, it was a successful year. No, in fairness, we had, um, you know, we, 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 we had a very good year. That's a good standard of football to win, Duhala, like, if you think about it. You know, in 2011 and 12, Kentuck won the county and Rock Chapel won the county the year after in 2012. You know, and we, there were teams we were capable of competing with. So you'd be thinking to yourself, you know, we're not so bloody bad ourselves, like, you know. And I suppose as it turned out, you have the likes of Knock Green, Mill Street, Drum Tariff, who've won counties since 13. You know, we seem to be, ourselves and Boha, we seem to be the two that didn't um, make, the, make the leap of faith, but... You know, but that 2013 year was that was a great feeling, like to be you know part of that. You know, it was nice to see the parish decked out in black and white, and you know a bit of a buzz around the place, like you know. So 
That was very good. Like, you know, Paddy Kassan was able to come in and help us like during the year as well. Like, he was a real boost to us. You know, he really got the he got the fitness levels up again. Like, you know, we thought we were fit. Like, you know, he drove it home again. Like, and you know, opened our minds a small bit to what football, you know, they were capable of playing. Like, you know. Yes, and it was his. You had your father Morris was a selector, and and John Joe Roach who had been involved in a lot of successful teams here as them lads were coming up along, and. Right. You beat Castle Magnor and knocked the Gree, and then you got into the semi final. You beat Bohr Rui in the semi final. So it set up a game against Cullen. And it was just looking back on that, you, you were eight points to one up at half time. Um, things were going going according to plan there, but they kind of came at you in, in the second half. Uh, do you remember much about that game? Uh, my biggest memory is watching the clock with about. Two minutes, three minutes gone, waiting for all well, to blow the whistle. <laughs> but, um, I do try to remember the game. We were up the last at half time. We, we looked like we were, um, no, I suppose people said that Cullen had played the week previous and had a draw game, and they played the following Tuesday night again. They, they had two games like that week, do you know. But like that was them battle hardened. I mean, do you know what I mean? I wouldn't be saying they were tired, do you know. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, they came at us in the second half. To be fair, we, I think we, they had a ball kicked in it, just bounced between the fullback for foul. And I don't know how it ended up in the net, but it did. But um, you know, we had, you know, we were hanging on, we were hanging on a bit, like, but we were, we were still in control. In fairness, so we were, I suppose, counting down the clock. To be fair. Yeah, and um, the one thing to note, it was on that final which was a very good team. You had nine different scorers that night. You know, Colin had four. Um, but like, it was a, a huge thing to not have to rely on one man to get all the scores. You know, there was a fierce spread on that team and all them lads were able to play football. They were, in fairness. Like, you know, everyone were able to kick points, you know, and they were an, an unselfish team, in fairness. Like, you know, any man that was free, able to get up, you know, the man in the best position always got the ball. Like, and that, that's, that's a sign that, you know, the, the scoring spread, like, was... You know, if I didn't realise, no, actually, nine there was nine different scores. I know we would always have a good few, like you know, in fairness, but definitely, definitely a sweet victory anyway. Yeah, and um, it was he went on the bars beach in the county championship, but I mean, from even ten years previous to that, if if for Laird to have two junior A championships and an under twenty one A football championship, huge progress for the club, like you know, and great to see all the hard work kind of coming off there, like you know, to kind of bring a kind of a very fruitful time for the club. That's what it was, of course. In fairness, I suppose if you if you were telling fellas ten years previous, like they'd be they'd be laughing at you, you know. So I suppose it just shows that. No matter what kind of a gang you have, you should put the work into them and you, you know, guide them the right way up along the age groups and, you know, success will come their way, like, you know. Yes. Now, Connor, um, this is the part where we're going to move on and we're going to go through the questions where uh, we ask the same questions to the same people. And um, I suppose, like, it was an unbelievable club career there in football and hurling and the days with the Hala and to have a minor medal with Cork is a huge achievement and your coaching is obviously continuing so there's a few hard questions for you here now but um, I suppose the first one there we'd ask uh, your main highlight if you were to pick one highlight there what would you pick out? 
Oh, sure. I suppose there was a few of them along the way. I know. Um, I suppose the O six final hurling final was, you know, a fairly sweet one. No, that was a nice one to win. I was obviously, I suppose, winning a monster medal was a very was, was a highlight as well. But you know, definitely the O six final, I suppose, would stand out there as one of the as one of the highlights I remember most. Very good. It was a, a nice stage of your career as well to come at. You know. Um, now, your experience playing with the division, uh, how would you sum it up? Well, I suppose you have, you, you, you have mixed experience, you have good times and bad times, you know. I suppose an example of the bad times was, I mentioned earlier, like taking about 200 puck outs in a match, you know, and looking back at Barry O'Leary, smiling at him and he standing in goals with his crutches. You know, or maybe turning up to going back to Mill Street or into Kentuck trading with six fellas or something. Do you know what I mean? Yes. But like the highlights of it, then, because you know, you 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 know, you win a few games and you have a bit of crack and you have, you know, you enjoy the definitely the experience was 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 good rather than bad. You know, I sure I loved it. And I mean, we we great all we a great start. And John Moore, of course, introduced me to the whole thing. We had um. Plenty challenge matches and plenty analysis after every match. Very <laughs> yeah. good. Yeah, there was good highlights along the way in first. Drawing with the Pierce was a great was 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 a great experience too, like you know. In fairness, yes, there was a couple of you know, good performances from different guys around the pitch. Like I remember Mikey Connors that day, Michael O'Connor, he was marking, he was centre forward. I think Mark Prendergast was marking him. And like they had an unbelievable tussle. And I remember Justin McCarthy, the Pearson coach at the time, coming around afterwards, wanting to find out who who, who the hell was our number 11. <laughs> he was after ro- roasting Mark Prendergast, do you know what I mean? Yes. Uh, it was nice to get him opportunities. Exactly. Ah, it was, yeah. Um, yeah. A, a hard question, O'Connor. Your biggest regret, or have you have you a regret? So I suppose... Like the song, I suppose... Regrets I've had a few hours, but sure, look, I suppose not winning more would be the, the first regret. You'd always like to win more. There was a few losses along the way that you'd be thinking, God, we should have won that one. Or if we trained harder, if we'd done something different, we could have won it. But sure, look, you'd always, have the, you'd always have the answers in hindsight. I suppose you have to do it on the day and that's it. But I suppose not winning more matches or not winning more medals was the, would be the regret. Yes, I know. Um... Now, the best manager you played under, and you, you, you've you named a few of them there along the way, like that had a, a big part to play, like, but um, if you were to pick out one? Uh, sure, there was a few along the way, no, in fairness. Sure, there was managers. You had, I suppose, John Hartnett, up, you know, in the 06 kind of era, was very good coach, like, very good coach, like, you know, Cork Dennis Collin, you know. You know, over the years, we had different ones in Bent here. We had Dave Ryan, Belly Hay was, you know, a very good course. But I think the, I'd go with Teddy Mahoney. Sort of, Teddy did, Teddy had a great style of, uh, a great style of hurling and a great way of expressing himself. He he definitely would get the best out of a fella. And there was no messing. It was all first time hurling and there was no, um, you know, there was no, there was no time for softness or anything like that. You just get up and get on with it. Yeah. That's the kind of that's the kind of coach he was. Very good. Um is there someone there who you'd notice your biggest influence? 
Uh, I suppose along the years, obviously, I suppose your your main influences are going to be at your at your younger years anyway. So I suppose, obviously, my father Morris would have been a huge influence. Jerry Keating in Lyre School, of course, was a massive influence also. Um, you know, and all the underage coaches we had in Bantier, Teddy Fitz, Tony Weiss, you know, these fellas along the, over the years of going up along were they were all they were all good influences. And it was just on that there, Connor, like yourself and Cullum, both of you have Munster medals with Cork at minor level and like were you were you always out pucky around or you constantly had the hurley in the hand, like or like did you, did you bounce off each other? Definitely, we used to be always practicing together, even though there was four years between us. You know, we were still playing, we were still belting around the yard outside or maybe up the field all the time, every evening after school. You know, yeah, that makes a big difference. You know, um, I suppose oh, yeah. looking there at your be- the best advice you were given. Oh, I suppose. Just be confident in what you're doing, and just don't let any mistakes you make let you, you know, let it affect your, let it affect your game. You know, don't let it get you down. I suppose that's the best advice you can give to anyone, because every player will make a mistake in the game. He'll drop a ball or he'll hit a wide or whatever. But it's all about the next ball. So you just, you know, if you can get it into your head that the next ball is the one I'm getting, that's the best advice you can give anyone. I think. Yeah, that's definite. Um. Now you've played. This is a hard question because you've played with some serious players. Um, but who would you note as the best player you played with? Oh, sure. Look, you could mention twenty fellas there, and you'd be after forgetting a few. Like, um, I suppose you'd have to. Well, underage with Cork, definitely. You'd have to say Brian Corker and Barry Egan, a very good player too. Obviously, Fergal Ryan. They were, you know, but like around. I suppose. Around home with Ben Tier, you had like you had sort of you had tough guys, you had skillful guys, you had you know Ben Tier had Timmy Sheehan, like was a very tough guy. Mike Reedy played, you know, Mike came from Newtown to join Ben Tier. He was a, he was an excellent hurler too. Um, Dennis Sheehan, even though he wasn't the most skillful, he was definitely the most effective. There wasn't too many fellas would pass him, you know. You had skillful hurlers along the way, Tim Buck, Ned Brazen, you know, Thomas Manny. Kevin McCarthy, they were all, you know, you, I suppose I'd go Donald Sheehan, probably Kilbrin would be the, probably the best. Very good. Um, and the best player you would have played against, was there someone there that stood out when you were playing? Oh. You know, I suppose you'd nearly have to say Donald Sheehan was nearly one of the best that I played against too, even though look, if, you, if you look at the Hello games there, you know, you'd, be in, you'd, you'd, you'd often end up marking been in Jory O'Connor or someone or Shani Farrell or Joe Dean or a very tough player actually was Mike Morrissey from from New I ended up making him a good few times. Jeez, he was a very, very tough player. Do you know? And even in football then I suppose I used to find Jimmy Linehan, Castle Magner was definitely one of the toughest guys you could end up marking. But um yes. yeah, last just, week as a as a kind of a he was their go to guy for Castle Magner, like there for many younger years. He was, he was, he was. I suppose the best fellow there was, I'd have to say Joe Dean was probably the, you couldn't make a hand of him really, he was just too good. Yeah, very good. Um, was there any player there that you kind of admired there from another team along the way, 
Connor, even in, within the Holland, or is there someone you would have said, geez, if we had him, you know? I don't know. I thought about that one. Like you could say, you could say a number of guys. I'm sure I mentioned loads of lads there, but like for for attitude and for determination, I'd say, and you know, a fellow you would admire because of his all-round ability. And fellas might be surprised though, because you you could say he wasn't. He was a very good footballer, but he mightn't have been the greatest of hurlers. But for effort, definitely, Shawnee Barrett and Mill Street. Yes, very good. Now, uh, we look at your team now, so we have six players there, Connor, and we go with the football team first. So, who would your goalkeeper be? I suppose I'd have to go with Sean Murphy. Sean Murphy, lawyer. He was in goals behind me for a good bit. Yes, Sean had a great, a great career. So, he won a couple of junior medals with Cork and everything, Do you know, a couple of our Ireland's. He was in goals for the the lawyer team for many years. He two do medals as well. Yeah, I go with Sean. I so was excellent. Um, full back. A lot of choice there too, I suppose. From definitely, I would say Kevin Savage. Kevin Savage. He would have played with us under twenty one and Junior B I would say in the younger in the in the early nineties now, like you know. He would have been um he would have been one of the best defenders by a mile, to be fair. Very good. Your centre back man. I suppose I went for Dennis Mannix, probably the most reliable around the half back line that I've seen anyway in the in my last twenty odd years. Yeah, great jewel player, Dennis. Yeah. Um, midfield? I suppose I went for Colin Riordan. Lawyer, he was an excellent midfielder. Big, strong guy, like, well able to field the ball. Great attitude, and, you know, I went for Colin. Excellent. Very good choice there. Um, Centre forward? I suppose I mentioned this for earlier, playing centre forward with Duhalla Hurlers, but... I put him into the cent- I put him into centre forward in the football in my football team. I think Mikey, o- Mikey O'Connor, Ned. Very good. Mikey was an excellent footballer, fierce, athletic guy. Excellent, Connor. And the last position there, your full forward. I suppose for a full forward line player, you couldn't pass Dennis Roach. I suppose could you? Nobody likes marking him anyway. That's the fact. So that's a very good team there, Connor. You have Sean Murphy in goals, Kevin Savage full back, Dennis Mannix centre back, Colm in midfield, Mikey O'Connor centre forward, and Dennis Roach in the full forward line. So that's a good start there. And we'll move on now to your hurling team. So your goalkeeper? I suppose one particular fellow I'll mention him. He's fairly famous after Anthony Nash. I remember his first game. His first game against, it was actually a first challenge game with Duhala, it was against Newton. And of course, I was full back in front of him. And there was O'Connor's passing me in every 30 seconds, taking point blank shots at him. And do you know how he was saving every single one of them? And he was only about 17 at the time, I said. And I said to myself, I said, Jesus, this fella, you might get lucky with one or two shots. 
you know, but like I said, he's after saving about 10 of them. I said, this fellow is going to be a very good goalkeeper, like, you know. So, I mentioned him, but I suppose I'll go over to my own flick, Kevin Roach. We stick with the home. They'd never forgive me if I went with a Kentuckman, I suppose, did they? <laughs> he, he is good, all right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Kevin, uh, Kevin, uh, Kevin had a, obviously still there and a, a huge part in, in, in Bantia hurling there. He is, he is, sure. Um, your full-back line? Lots of good guys there now, to be fair. Do you know, I suppose, you boil it down. And John Singleton, I suppose, would have to come in. He'd have to be the full-back line player. He was never beaten. High ball, low ball, it made no difference. He was able to mark anyone. You could do anything. You could hurl left or hurl right. Excellent. You know, Very good, Connor. Um, Centre-back? I suppose I've Dennis Mannix put on the football team. You know, he'd be fairly close to the hurling team as well, but you'd have to go with Donald Shea and Kilbrin. No, you could also go with the likes of Donald, Donald Toomey, Mill Street, Michal Doyle, as well as an excellent half-back line player. Do you know, but I think I'll stick with Donald Shea. Very good. Good choice there. And midfield? I suppose they'll say I'm biased now, but I, I, I would put my brother Cullum. Do you know? He was well able to play left and right as well. He could score. He could. He was a he was a good hurler for a good few years. He was midfield in the off five or the um in the off five um or the ninety five final. Himself and Jagagan were midfield, and um, you know he had he played he played minor twenty one and Kirk Junior as well. Like so, I go with him midfield. Yeah, I don't think there'll be any eyebrows raised there because he had a, a great career there as well. And I mean, there's very few fellas around the hall that have the, the, the medals that um, yourself and Cullum picked up there. Um, he, even, he even has another, you know, he, he, won, a, he won an Ireland club intermediate with Robert Emmons in London as well. Very good. Was he in goals for that team? He was, sure. Yeah, I saw something about that recently. He Was he captain? I don't think he was captain. No, he wasn't captain. No, but he was—he was the keeper. All right, in fairness to him. Yeah. So obviously picked up a nice few medals there after along the way. Um, centre forward. I went outside bent here now for this one again. I suppose I went with Ned Brazen. I suppose too many fellas want to disagree with me that night in, in that either. I suppose. No, highly regarded, like still talked about, and um, full forward line, the last position in your hurling team. I went home again. I went to Johnny O'Mahony. Johnny was a cockwinder himself in 87. Cockwinder 21 in 1990, I think. And, ah, yeah, so he was a very good holder, left and right. He could. He was a, he was a scoring forward, in fairness. A very good holder. Yeah, he got a lot of vital scores for you over the years. And um, I suppose that's a serious hurling team there. Now you have Kevin Roach in goals, John Singleton, Donald Sheehan, Colin Buckley, Ned Brusson. And John O'Mahony. So that's a good lineup, a formidable six there, Connor. Um, thanks for that. Now, before we get on to a quick fire round there, Connor, it was uh, what do you make of the game now compared to your time? Like, you know, what's the big change there? Oh, I don't know. I suppose the big change, I suppose players, are, players nowadays are much fitter, there's much more strength and conditioning. There's much more science behind preparation and, you know, um, the game is a lot more tactical now. Like, there's a lot of 
you know, different formations and sweepers and short puckouts and, you know, a lot of short passing and that kind of thing compared to years ago. I suppose referees too are like are a lot stricter these days. You know, you don't get away with much kind of off the ball stuff or anything like that anymore. Um, I suppose the game is less physical, do you know? But it's probably more skillful, you know, as a result of it being less physical. You know, even watching the during the time the the COVID time there we were and watching the old games like and stuff, even the games of the sixties and seventies. And yeah, I think I was watching one Wexford Nafoli in ninety seven, I think the Leinster final. There was a there was just pure dogged effort from both sides, like it was just first time hurling all the time, you know. It was completely different. We said to bring the, you know, bring those two teams ten years on, or you know, or, you know, the teams ten years on, like the, the the game of hurling was totally different. Yes, there's been huge changes, obviously. Um, I suppose just the last question here, Connor. Like, I mean, we've spoken about your coaching now. So, like, what are your interests now following your retirement? Like, um. Is, is the coaching taking up most of your time or do you have time for anything else? Look, sure, I suppose I, I do. <laughs> when you think about it, I don't do a whole pilot. Um, I play the odd game of golf here and there. And um, that's about it, really. It's generally all coaching. I'm involved with Douglas Minor footballers. I'm involved with the Bright Rovers. I'm, you know, you're involved with the Cock. Red blog set up, you know, it's just, there's hardly any night free to be fair. Yes, it's a, a huge commitment. Um, so I suppose the last thing I'll kind of finish up on the and the, the quick fire round there. So, well, 10 questions here. Uh, your favorite pitch, uh, Bantier, I suppose. Yeah, I couldn't argue with that anyway. A field I always enjoy playing in. Um, your, your favorite position on the field, oh. You know, open the sideline was towards the end of my career was was the happiest place, but I suppose all along, I don't know. I suppose I enjoyed playing fullback, really. Do you know? Yes, and like you, you kind of you were one of those players that was playing. You could be fullback one day, you could be centre forward the next day. I suppose I played all nearly all my Hollywood to Halle. Earlier, I suppose I played in the forwards, but I, later on, I played fullback. For the main part of the time, and with Ben Tier, it was nearly always a forward. I think a lot of the time. Um, yes, you could find me anywhere. Yeah, very good. Um, was there a score that you got now that you consider your favourite one? Well, I suppose one that sticks out in my head was, and I didn't know whether it was a goal or a point. It was against St Joseph's in the Under Twenty One hurling championship. I don't know, is it probably around 91 or something like that? Or, you know, 92, I can't remember now, but I remember we were getting, it was, there was nothing in the match or whatever, it was, it, was, it was touch and go, like, and I just remember putting my head down and going into the 21 and taking a shot. I could see three fellas coming at me. I'd say you had, like, say, Connie Toomey, Connie Curtin, you, I don't know who else was coming at me, but I think I felt all three of them anyway, and I just remember hitting the ball. And kind of going, where did the ball go? Like, it ended up in the net anyway. But um, I remember going out asking the ref, I said, was that a goal or a point? And he looked at me as if to say, like, Jesus, is this going to come or what? Like, you know? 
but I, I, that, that kind of score sticks in my head. You earned it. I definitely earned it against them boys. And, uh, geez, I did. <laughs> was there a score there that you saw that uh, stood out? Did you still remember? Oh, so I suppose there was a few of them along the way. I don't know. Um, one point, actually, is, and I'd often refer to it over the years, was we were... Um, it was Mealing versus Ahede, actually, junior, county final. I think and there was a puck out, struck out to the sideline. Ned Braslin just touched it in his hurley, turned and struck it again without catching it. And over the bar, I thought, Jesus, this is uh, that's, that's definitely the standout point for me. Anyway. I'm sure there's been many along the way. I could probably think of a few more, but that's one that, and that's a few years back now, but that definitely stuck with me over the years. Brilliant. Um, what would you consider most important skill in the game? Well, I suppose apart from the basic skills and first touch and all these things, you know, the right mindset is definitely, you know, a skill that people don't, you know, work on enough, I think. So if the right mindset is there, like, you know, all the rest of the basic skills, you know, if they're practiced, they'll, they'll all fall into line. Very good. That's true. Um was there a teammate that you would consider your best teammate? Yes, I don't know. I suppose if there was a match on a Saturday night, I suppose the first fellow with a can of links like was the best. He was the best teammate. <laughs> but like there was, ah, there was loads of good. I mean, I think to be nearly unfair to mention any particular one, but like there was loads of good teammates. We had, you know, I was lucky enough to play with, you know, for a long enough time that I had different eras of, you know, teammates, like, but yeah, there was, there was great teammates along the way, like, in fairness, I wouldn't, I'd hate to be picky off one, one particular fella. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, it was more like a fella with the kind of links. Yeah, yeah that was important. Yeah. Uh, the transfer, if, you, if there was a transfer market back in your day, um, I suppose you mentioned that already, is Donald Shane your man there? Well, if you were trans, yeah, you'd be the one to be transferring, I suppose. <laughs> I don't know, I suppose, well, look, I was thinking of Patrick Horgan, like, if we wanted to transfer a fella into Bantier and to get the last few years out of, out of him, we could, we'd Bantier would take Pat, Patrick Horgan, all right. Yeah, very good. Um, the best player in the game at the moment? Well, sure, you have a few of them now, I suppose, you have, there's a, Tipperary have a few exciting up-and-coming lads, Limerick have, you know, a few exciting boys as well. Then you, of course, you have the established guys, you have the likes of TJ Reid and, you know, Canning and Galway, Sherlock, we'll stick with, we'll stick with Hoggy, we'll stick with Patrick Hogan. Very good. Um, Reardon's or the Highland, Connor? Oh, definitely Reardon's. <laughs> I used to live in Cork, it was a lot easier to walk home from Reardon's than walk home from the Highland. <laughs> Very good. Um, your next big ambition or your next goal, what is it? Um... Oh, Jeannie, I don't know. That's a good one. Um, well, I suppose the next goal in the GA side of things, anyway, would be definitely to win a county in the next couple of years with Bright Rovers ladies. Very good. So you reckon they're a team or they're up and coming? Uh, they have a very good young, they have a very good current bunch and they have a very good up and coming young bunch as well. Now there's a lot of very good... Um, past, you know, we'll say minor, Cork minor players and stuff to come into the squad now and definitely there'll be a team for the reckoning for the future, I think. 
Excellent. And last question, who was your idol? Oh, Lord, I don't know. I suppose Teddy McCarthy was definitely one of them anyway. Jimmy Barry Murphy, there'd be two fellas that come to mind. Um, I don't know. You could nearly say Christy Murphy in goals for Lyre when I started out playing because he was a very good goalkeeper, but he never took a kick out. I was always wondering how did he get away with that. But um, yeah, I suppose Teddy McCarthy would be the, the fellow I would have looked up to. Very good. And um, I suppose he was there in 1919, those games after your after um, minor yeah. matches. He'd be running onto the pitch when you'd be running out. Um, yeah. Connor, that's excellent. And I want to just thank you there for taking up the invitation. There's a, a great career. We've just run through an unbelievable career as a player. And there's some unbelievable achievements and outstanding highlights along the way. And I suppose your coaching career, an unbelievable resume already. And, you know, that's continuing on. So thanks very much for um, getting involved there in episode four of Crossing the Line. And I just want to wish you the best of luck now going forward there with, with the coaching, hopefully when things kick off this year and into the future. Well, thanks very much, no. Just, I suppose a bit of coaching is not harm either. Like, you know, I suppose it's the next best thing to playing, even though it's... I find it it's actually more stressful, I think. So I could find I'm getting more grey hairs, I think, as uh, the more years I'm coaching, I think the more grey hair I'm getting. But yeah, thanks a million, Robert. Very good, Connor. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Crossing the Line. Remember, this podcast is sponsored by Dairy and Engineering Services Charitable for all your engineering material supplies. Please check out Crossing the Line on Twitter and continue to like and share all our podcasts. All the best.